My name is Laura Dawn, and you're listening to episode number 37 of the Psychedelic Leadership Podcast. There is this grand restructuring unfolding for so many of us on the planet right now. And I'm curious if you're feeling this kind of restructuring unfolding in your personal life too right now. This is a time where we are being called to face our personal truth and step into deeper alignment with our truth, which often requires facing really big changes. As we choose to acknowledge an inner truth that perhaps a partnership or a particular career path is no longer in alignment with a deeper level of truth and authenticity we are now being called to align with in our lives. Facing these changes can require an enormous amount of letting go, not to mention strength and courage, and they can bring with them a lot of upheaval. As many of us find ourselves on the precipice, peering into the great unknown, we need to learn how to trust the deeper levels of restructuring that are unfolding for us both individually and collectively. And that's what this episode is all about, learning how to trust in the great unknown. I'm going to share what it means to move from trust 1.0 to trust 2.0, and how this has a huge impact on the way that we live and the way that we lead. never forget the moment when I was standing in the garden on our 10 acres of land on the big island of Hawaii, the land that Noah and I built our retreat center on. And I saw my friend running towards me and he had this panicked look on his face because he was delivering the news that the road in a subdivision above our land had split open and lava was starting to flow from that crack that opened up in the road. Now, it's distinguishing moments like this that truly punctuate the chapters within the story of our lives. I mean, it certainly did for me. And for a few months leading up to that moment in the garden, I had this distinct feeling in my bones that major change was coming. And the week before the eruption, I had a solo sit with my primary plant teacher with ayahuasca and something distinct happened that night. I honestly think for the first time ever, I had an experience of true surrendering like capital S surrender, where I knew I was rapidly approaching a distinct kind of crossroads. And what surrendering looked like was me genuinely putting my life on spirit's altar. And in that moment, I said, I'm ready. I'm ready for whatever needs to happen, whatever needs to transpire so that I can be of greatest service to the awakening of humanity. And something profound shifted deep within me during that ceremony. And then I leaned over and I picked up my guitar and out came a song from start to finish that I call Trust in the Great Unknown. 
And then the very next morning, I woke up to the earth quite literally shifting under my feet. And we experienced hundreds of earthquakes that week, including the 6.9 earthquake on May 4th, 2018, that devastated our home as we found ourselves frantically evacuating the volcanic eruption. So after years of putting my heart and my soul into building this volcanic hot spring retreat center with my now ex-partner, Noah, a place that was truly built on miracles, we then found ourselves spending about two weeks wearing gas masks, tearing it apart, and trying to get as much of our stuff out as possible. And the only thing that was going through my head the entire time we were evacuating were the lines from that song that the medicine had given me just not even a week prior to that moment. And it was playing in my head on repeat, reminding me to trust in the great unknown. And in a very real way, that mantra saved my life. And as I moved through what became an incredibly long and painful dark night of the soul, a time for which I feel like I received something like a PhD in grieving and in grief work. And at the same time, I learned an enormous amount about what it means to trust, which is the topic I want to speak to in this episode, because as it so happens, this topic of trust is once again very up for me right now. And considering the state of affairs, and that since that 2018 volcanic eruption that changed my life, pretty much everyone in the world has now gone through their own version of the rug being pulled out from under them in some shape or form through this global pandemic. And so I know it's not just up for me, but for so many other people as well, as we are learning to dance with trust right now, as we continue to find ourselves moving through just such turbulent times of great change, both individually and collectively. And so I hear a lot of people talking about and making reference to trust these days, especially in the quote unquote spiritual communities. And so I just felt inspired to speak to this topic and I want to share what I've learned about trust through working with plant medicines and also particularly through the wisdom teachings that I learned from Pema Chodron's work, who carries the Tibetan Buddhist lineage from Chogyam Trumpa Rinpoche. And of course, through what I've learned through my experience of dancing in the ceremony of life that we all find ourselves in right now. And what I want to primarily say about trust is that it's not what we think it is. It's certainly not what I thought it was. And I want to talk about the difference between what I call trust 1.0 and trust 2.0, and that there's a way we sort of cling to this version of trust 1.0 that is actually like a bypass that prevents us from strengthening our capacity to make direct contact with the present moment and stay centered amongst the whirlwind of change that we are all feeling right now. It's the little t trust that actually weakens us rather than strengthening our emotional resilience in the face of change. And so I want to highlight in this episode that the way we relate to trust, 
specifically the narrative we hold around it, that it actually influences the way that we live. And also it affects our capacity to lead no matter what domain we find ourselves in, whether we're in the psychedelic space or not. Okay, so first off, why is trust so important? Well, of course it's important for a million different reasons, not to mention the fact that we live in a culture that is essentially built on the foundation of mistrust. So there's so many different ways we can talk about trust, especially when we're putting it on this framework of leadership. You know, leadership is inherently relationship-based. So whether we're talking about cultivating trust within teams or at work or in any of our relationships, you know, this extends into our partnerships, our marriages, our family relationships, relationships in our community, right? There's many dimensions of trust we can look at. But for the purpose of this episode, I'm focusing on the trust that we cultivate between ourselves and life, the trust that we have between ourselves and spirit. Because from my perspective, this is the foundation all other trust that we have between each of us emerges from the trust we cultivate within ourselves. And I think this kind of trust in terms of our relationship with life is really one of the crucial differentiating factors in terms of how we navigate through change. And that's why this is so crucially important to be talking about right now. And our capacity to successfully and gracefully manage change and transitions, especially in today's world where change is only accelerating and becoming more and more extreme, is the difference between flow state living and flailing. It's the difference between catching the tidal waves of change and thriving or totally freaking out and getting pummeled by these waves of change that we are all facing. And also, it's the difference between being able to stay centered amidst the chaos of change and holding our seat in the center of upheaval rather than just being tossed about and thrown off center. And of course, this is so important because we are much less effective at leading or influencing positive change or doing quite anything effectively when we are just consistently being thrown off center and destabilized by change rather than really taking centered action from that place of centered alignment, right? So trust is a crucial component of what it means when I talk about heart-centered leadership and being able to take grounded action from this centered place. Okay, so let's make this a little bit more applicable to your life. Let's make it a little bit more concrete and tangible. And let's explore the difference between what I call trust 1.0 and trust 2.0. So what are some of the big changes or maybe even some of the smaller changes you are facing in your life right now? You know, sometimes even small changes have the capacity to destabilize us and throw us off center. So what are some of the changes that you're facing, that you're moving through either personally or professionally right now? Now, I'm curious to know what your inner narrative is around this process of change and transition you're moving through. Specifically, what is your relationship to trusting the process? 
I mean, maybe you're resisting this particular change in your life, for which case we might be looking at trust 0.0. But if you are relating to a narrative of trust, what does that narrative sound like? And really just think about it for a moment. Now, I invite you to just hold on to that thought because we're going to circle back around to it. So I don't know about you, but I feel like I just happen to know a ton of people who are moving through just major portals of change right now. It feels like there's this fundamental restructuring going on in many of our lives right now. So many people I know are choosing to leave long-term relationships. I mean, pretty much everyone I know is breaking up. If you are in a healthy, long-term, stable relationship, keep doing what you're doing. You're definitely the exception rather than the norm. And then there's also this crazy royal toss-up of people relocating right now. I feel like it's musical chairs for home base and just so many people who are really in inquiry around what home means to them and where home is. And then I also know a lot of people who are either feeling called to pivot their professional offering or are moving in entirely new career directions. So, you know, all the big stuff is up for so many of us right now. And I just loved how Grandmother Jyoti in the last episode, episode number 36, referred to this as a time of truth. I just love that where we are being forced to face our own truth on so many different levels right now. And we're being called to move into deeper alignment with that truth, which requires an enormous amount of letting go, which inevitably requires an enormous amount of trust. And as some of you know, these also happen to be the really big transitions that I've been moving through, which is why I said this topic of trust is once again, particularly up for me right now. And after being together for a decade, Noah and I signed the divorce papers just on Tuesday, and then I flew out to Austin about 12 hours later after spending a few really intense days packing up my life in Hawaii, for which I've been based out of for about 10 years now. And so all of that is shifting. And I'm also evolving my offering by bringing my content into a little bit of a newer space, which again requires some, you know, stretching and adapting as I'm focusing on working more and more with teams, which I'm really excited about both in the psychedelic space and in the corporate space as well by offering what I'm calling psychedelic oriented leadership development and team building. So, you know, all minor changes <laughs> unfolding in my life right now, no biggie. But in all honesty, it's changes like this, you know, the really big stuff that sort of forces us to peer over the edge of the precipice and come face to face with the darkness of the unknown. And it's moments like this, this is where we meet our growth edge. And this is where we inevitably say hello to fear. And Pema Chodron, one of my favorite, most beloved teachers, talks about how the spiritual path is all about coming to our edge. And of course, we all know this, right? 
And when we meet this edge, we're being called to take a step beyond what we know to be true. And this can bring up an enormous amount of fear because we know we can't take a step forward without simultaneously letting go of our past. And we all know how fucking hard and emotionally painful it is to let go, right? Because we're being asked to let go of so much in these moments. We're letting go of comfort and familiarity. We're letting go of what we knew to be true. We're letting go of deeply ingrained ways of being, deeply ingrained patterns. And it requires letting go of beliefs and who we thought we were and our self-identity and what we thought we were or weren't capable of. And in these moments, when we step forward, we're choosing to open towards what is yet unknown. And this is what we're talking about when we all throw around that word transformation. This is it. This is what we're talking about in a nutshell. And it requires that we have the courage to trust enough to open towards life in a way that maybe we never have before, which is incredibly scary and tender and vulnerable. And so, of course, standing on the precipice of what is yet unknown brings up all of our stuff. You know, fear is part of the deal when it comes to meeting our growth edge. It's part of the path especially when you think of it from an evolutionary perspective. We are biologically geared to fear the unknown. We move away from the unknown, not towards it. So the habitual knee-jerk tendency, the knee-jerk reaction that we have is to run back towards what's familiar, run towards safety and comfort, which is why this path requires an enormous amount of courage and inner strength and fortitude So we can keep showing up to do this kind of inner work and why the cultivation of trust becomes such a crucial part of the spiritual journey and the path of transformation. And so there are sort of two different narratives I want to zoom in on and illuminate around how we choose to cultivate a relationship to trust. And now it might seem like splitting hairs here, but I'll just say that how we choose to orient ourselves around this concept of trust is actually really important with huge implications for the way we experience the reality of our everyday lives, personally and professionally. So as I explore these two slightly different narratives around trust, and I'll call it trust 1.0 and trust 2.0, I want to make a case that trust 1.0 is easier to reach for because it's more immediately comforting. It's like reaching for ice cream when we feel bad, rather than training ourselves to reach for what is going to help us in the long run, the long-term, healthier, more supportive option, like putting on your shoes and getting outside and going for a walk and choosing that option when you feel bad rather than reaching for the ice cream, right? The walk is trust 2.0. It takes a little more effort to reach for it, but it brings with it longer lasting benefits, longer term well-being and resilience. But like everything I share, you know, don't take my word for it. 
Start paying attention to the way you relate to trust, the narrative you reach for when the going gets tough, and find out what's true for you. Okay, so let's start by exploring trust 1.0. And I'll share this definition from the dictionary that says that trust is dependence on something in the future or contingent upon the future. Now, this is the kind of trust that focuses on the end destination. It's contingent upon outcomes, and it's a way we become attached to what we want the outcome to be and to look like. I trust that everything is going to be okay. You know, this is a narrative we say to ourselves. And of course, this ignites hope and hope can be psychologically beneficial. So it's not to say that any of this is bad. You know, of course, it's helpful to soothe ourselves through positive self-talk in those difficult moments by saying, I trust that it's all going to work out. But that often comes with something else. It comes with an attachment for the outcome to look a certain way that keeps us in our comfort zone, living inside the same box that we're actually being called to step beyond. Okay, so let's say, for example, that you're moving through a divorce or coming out of a breakup, which we all know how challenging those transitions can be. And maybe you notice that you say to yourself, I trust that I'm going to find another partner one day, right? It's like, somebody's going to love me again, right? I, I trust that someone will love me, that I will find another partner. And of course, that's probably more helpful than saying to yourself, oh my God, I'm hopeless. I'm never going to find another partner who loves me ever again, you know, which can honestly move you into despair and even depression, and our words are powerful on a very real level based on the most current models of neuroscience. We can make a really strong case that the words we choose and the narratives we tell ourselves do largely influence the outcomes of our experience. So again, I'm not saying that this kind of trust, you know, trust 1.0 is not okay, but it's just that there's this energy behind it and this attachment that comes with it that actually backfires. And I think it's the kind of trust that we cling to that actually moves us away from the present moment. It's sort of like an escape route away from staying present and staying open to making direct contact with whatever we are experiencing in the present moment and staying open to our capacity to feel. So when we find ourselves sort of being forced to sit in the rawness, in the fire of the disillusion of a marriage or a business, or you're relocating and you don't know where you're going to live, or you leave a job that brought a lot of security, it's actually really tough to hold our seat in the center and sit in the middle of that kind of discomfort because we're actually being forced to make contact with the true nature of reality, which is fundamentally groundless. It's impermanent. It's always shifting, right? The true nature of reality is that it is always in flux, that we are always in transition. 
And so when things are really falling apart, it's incredibly emotionally difficult to sit in the middle of that kind of discomfort. We don't want to feel it. And we all, as in all humans, we have deep levels of conditioning to move away from that kind of discomfort. And this kind of trust, trust 1.0, is like this hook that just pulls us off center. It's a way that we can use it to actually numb out, to cover over, to move away from the discomfort of the present moment. It's kind of like reaching for ice cream. And from my perspective, it actually sits at odds with trust 2.0. So instead of pinning our trust on an end destination and creating an attachment to what that outcome looks like. Oh, I can trust this process of breakup as long as I find another partnership, right? Which can actually erode our trust in the long run. We learn how to trust in ourselves. Trust 2.0 is about trusting in our capacity to have the courage to stay present with whatever unfolds in our lives moment by moment. So it's not like, oh, I can trust the process as long as it works out for the better. It's about, I can trust the process because whatever life brings me, I trust that I have the courage to face it, to be with it, to learn from it, to grow from it. And I think most importantly, I can trust that I can stay open and not shut down or close myself off in the face of emotional difficulty. That's trust 2.0. And as Wolfgang Van Gogh once said, as soon as you trust yourself, you will know how to live which is truly a profound statement to reflect on. As soon as you trust yourself, you will know how to live. And essentially what I'm really talking about here, what I'm really pointing towards is about trusting your capacity to stay open and to stay in right relationship with the true nature of reality, which as I just pointed to, it's fundamentally fluid and impermanent. And it's choosing to open towards this more dynamic relationship with life where we know that things fall apart and they come back together again and they fall apart again, both personally and professionally in all aspects of our lives. And that this is just a normal part of life. And we grow old and we lose loved ones and we lose our health, you know, and we trust that the falling apart The bitter sweetness of the transient nature of reality is okay because it's part of the process. It's part of birth and death. And this is how we actually befriend fear. And we stop being so afraid where we constantly try to resist change and control the situation and the outcomes, but we sort of loosen our grip so we can let go and stay open and enjoy the ride, you know, this very special ride we call life, where we can be in this dynamic relationship in this co-creative partnership where we really get to lean in and dance in the ceremony of life. 
So we place our trust in our capacity to embody the knowing that there is no ground to stand on. There really isn't. There are just false stories that you tell yourself that we all tell ourselves that deny and cover over this truth. But the true nature of reality is groundless. And instead of being afraid of that, we can create from that place and we can be liberated by it. And that's where we place our trust. We actually place our trust in our capacity to befriend the transient nature of reality without totally freaking out about it. And by being able to stay centered in this knowing and hold our seat in the middle of the whirlwind of change. And I truly believe that this is what plant medicines are training us to do. This is the sort of advanced training ground that plant medicines are offering us right now. They are teaching us how to bow at the altar of impermanence. And so I came across this other definition of trust by a woman named Rachel Botsman, who happens to be a trust expert. I honestly didn't even know there was such a thing. And I really like and resonate with this definition. And she defines trust as a confident relationship with the unknown, right? Very simple, a confident relationship with the unknown. That's trust 2.0 which is really very different than that dictionary definition that says it's dependence on something happening in the future. That's trust 1.0. So, you know, on a personal level, going through this divorce with Noah and choosing to let go of my home and my land in Hawaii and transplanting myself into Austin, Texas, you know, it's really brought up so much stuff for me. And it's really brought me to my growth edge yet again. And I genuinely feel like my heart is centered and it's tender and it's vulnerable, but it's open and it's strong and resilient. And I do feel centered through this whirlwind of change because of what I've learned about trust 2.0. And yes, I feel in my heart and in my bones that incredible things are unfolding in my life and that good things are coming my way. But this teaching around trust has actually made me so much stronger because I'm not placing my trust in the outcomes of what might or might not happen because I don't know what's going to come next. I don't know if I have one more day or 50 more years on this planet. I don't know what the future holds or if I'll find another piece of land that I love like I loved my land in Hawaii but I do trust in my capacity to face whatever unfolds in my life with courage and with an open heart. And that makes me much stronger than trusting that everything is just going to be fine because I don't know that to be true. But what I do know to be true, what I know as truth is that I can hold space for whatever the future brings, whatever that looks like. And that is trust 2.0. So it's like holding the vision and holding the prayer for our lives without clinging to it, without getting attached to it, just holding space for it, holding it lightly. So when we cultivate this confident relationship with the unknown, as Rachel Botsman called it, 
I believe this is the kind of trust that truly leads to wholehearted living. It leads to open-hearted and open-minded living because trust is a way we learn to orient ourselves towards a more open stance towards life. And when we learn to open to life in this way, we open to possibility and we're much less afraid to take these big leaps of faith, especially the ones that reside at the intersection between fear and excitement. And that's where all the juiciness is. That's where all the interesting things unfold in life in that intersection between fear and excitement, which is why I point my inner compass towards that very distinct feeling. And when we embody this open stance towards life, this is how I conceptualize flow state living. It's about staying fluid, flexible, and adaptable in the face of change. And it's how I think about resilience. And this is how we learn to stay centered and hold our seat in the midst of upheaval and perpetual change. And this is also what integration and transformation is really all about. And it's this kind of wholehearted living where we lean into life with unconditional trust that requires an enormous amount of courage. But when we say yes to life in this way, it opens up the doorway that leads to extraordinary living. And I'll just say, you know, it's really tricky to stay rooted in trust 2.0 because it's just not our natural tendency. We as human beings, we want to cling to the solidity of outcomes, right? We don't want to push off of those shores of safety, and we spend almost all of our time looking for solid ground to stand on because we pretty much want to do everything in our power to deny the true nature of this transient reality because it also means that we have to make peace with our own transients, with our own death. So it absolutely requires a lot of practice. I know I'm certainly not rooted in trust 2.0 all of the time, or I might be in some situations and not in others, or I'll oscillate between no trust at all or having conditional trust because I'm human. And this is what coming to our edge is all about. But there are certainly tools we can learn to draw upon and practice to help us simply stay open to the present moment, which is really what Trust 2.0 is all about, right? It's subtle, yet incredibly profound. So tools including these wisdom teachings and also working with plant medicines. And from my perspective, this is one of the core teachings that sacred plant medicines are here to offer us simply teaching us how to sit and stay present because as human beings, we are almost never present. So they are teaching us how to open in this way and hold our seat and hold our center, especially in the face of emotional difficulty and get more comfortable with groundlessness. And this teaching of making contact with groundlessness has had such a profound impact on my life and also the way that I work with plant medicines. And if you want to dive deeper into this topic, I recommend listening to the very first solo episode that I put out, which was episode number four, titled Bowing at the Altar of Impermanence, which is kind of like a companion episode to this one. 
And so we also learn to develop trust 2.0 by reaching for other tools. An obvious one is mindfulness awareness practice, which to me is a daily practice that goes hand in hand with the medicine path. Other tools include the cultivation of compassion, really a big part of the bodhisattva path, and the practice of equanimity, and also the practice of embodied self-awareness, which Alan Fogel defines as present moment, non-judgmental attention to sensation, movement, and emotion. I really like that definition. And somatic awareness is very helpful to have in our tool belt on this journey. And these are all tools that I'm teaching in my psychedelic-oriented leadership development training programs for both individuals and teams. And of course, there are so many more. And it's also beyond tools. It's an attitude we learn to cultivate towards life. Now, I did mention at the beginning that this kind of trust has huge implications in the way we live. Of course, it has implications in how we love, which is such a fundamental part of being human, and also how we lead. And I briefly want to touch on this leadership aspect before we wrap up here. So how does Trust 2.0 make you a more effective leader? That's a really good question. I'm sure you can already start to see what the implications are here. But one big reason I'll point to is that Trust 2.0 increases your level of emotional self-awareness, which is a huge component of emotional intelligence. And high emotional intelligence is really the foundation of effective, inspired leadership which is why we've seen such a big movement of mindfulness-based trainings in the corporate space, because mindfulness can improve emotional self-awareness. It can help improve emotional regulation, empathy, adaptability, and these are all aspects of emotional intelligence and aspects of trust 2.0. Now, in terms of teams working together, it's not such a huge jump to see how if more individuals on a team embodied more of those skills I just mentioned, especially related to emotional intelligence, how that would really improve team dynamics. Trust is the glue that makes teams stronger and more cohesive, and how we learn to trust other people is an extension of how we learn to trust ourselves and our relationship to life. And so this aspect of trust has huge implications on communication and also on creativity and innovation. Again, there's so much more I could say about this, but I'll just leave it there for now. And just as a side note, if you're not familiar with Brene Brown's model around braving trust, specifically for teams, I highly recommend checking that out as a good starting point for improving trust amongst team members. And I'll put a link to where you can find that resource in the show notes. And as many of you know, I am just such a huge fan of Brene Brown's work. It's had such a huge impact in my life. And I, I really do aspire to be like the Brene Brown of the psychedelic space. It's like my North Star mantra. And just in case you are listening to this and you don't self-identify as or consider yourself to be a leader, I invite you to explore that inner narrative because at the very, very least, you are in fact leading a party of one. And you as a party of one have the capacity to light a tiny spark that then has the capacity to ignite a revolution and influence a significant amount of positive change. 
And I'll just say that learning how to stay centered and maintain an open stance towards life and being able to make peace with the transient nature of reality amidst the whirlwind of change, that in and of itself is a revolutionary act that directly contributes to the awakening of humanity. So I invite you to once again, think about the changes that you are facing in your own life right now. And I invite you to hold a vision for what you want your life to look like. You know, hold that intention, pray into that and put that vision at the center of your altar. And then can you let go of what the outcomes will be? You know, can you hold that vision lightly? And then can you trust that whatever life brings your way, that you actually trust yourself, that you have the capacity to gracefully surf those waves of change? Can you trust yourself to let go and to surrender? And can you trust that you can stay open in the face of this deeply bittersweet, transient nature of reality and still love and still open your heart to life. That's trust 2.0 and that is wholehearted living. All right, friends, that is all from me for today. I'm going to leave you with this song, this very powerful mantra called I Release Control by Alexa Sunshine Rose. And if you can... If you have a moment, I invite you to pause what you're doing and to take your seat and find your center with a strong upright back and a soft open front. Relax your shoulders down and really open your chest and allow this vibrational frequency of this mantra to guide your way towards letting go and releasing control and leaning into trusting whatever is present for you right now in the present moment. Once again, my name is Laura Dawn, and you're listening to the Psychedelic Leadership Podcast. Until next time. And surrender to the flow of love that will heal me. I release control and Will he?
Oh. 
feel me 